on this week's Pop Show, we've got Debbie Franklin, and she's going to be talking about why some valuers make appalling branch managers, why prop tech could be a distraction, but also a cure, and employing millennials in a state agency. So welcome to the show, Debbie! <laughs> Roll me Welcome, Debbie. Welcome, Debbie. So, Debbie, you, you've worked in the state agency now for over 25 years, going Lettings. from uh, lettings, and you've gone all the way up from, from the uh, ground floor all the way up to uh, being a big wig, big in the game. Big in the game. <laughs> <Big> in the <laughs> game. And I just recently left Landrews as, uh, what was your job title? I was head of multi-channel fulfillment. What? I had I had the <laughs> I had the title Something. the longest oh, yeah. <laughs> title on the really business, business in the company. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you actually do there? I was responsible for researching um, technology and then implementing it through. So basically, you were in charge of receiving all the prop tech sales yes, pictures. Yes, I, I, oh, I got some I got a lot. Right, <laughs> but also some good ones as well. Oh, so lots and lots out. of good ones. Yeah. What's it your favourite like, prop tech? Yeah. Favourite pop tech? There's two. Um, that's fixed flow. Oh, oh thanks. Hello, Raj. <laughs> Raj. Fixed flow block. There you go. Eh? Excellent. And and good lord. Oh no! Oh. Oh, good oh, good stuff. Yeah, we've been seeing them recently, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, Hello. Good lord. Yeah. The yeah. office was cool as well. Like it's good vibes. Cool office. Oh, yeah. 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 So while we're talking about fixed flow, so cheers, Krista. cheers, one day for this. Oh, let's put the glasses on. Yet again. Yeah. Wonder, Wonder. <laughs> Wonder. Okay, thanks, Wonder. Uh, so uh, these, uh, Debbie, are your Yondel socks. socks. Thank so you please very much. take them away. Um, <laughs> make, they, they'll be good for your wellies. Yeah, good yeah. for your wellies. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, so, um, do you all drive tractors in the in the tractor? <laughs> no, drink cider. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, well, Joe, you know what? As we've got Debbie here, and we've got some really good questions to ask her, why don't we uh, ask the prop show? Right, Fez, on. Tell you what, mate, you're going straight in. You're straight on in today. on the ball. You're like okay. tramp on chips. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, this is a PC show. <laughs> um, so, why do Debbie some valuers make poor branch managers? Because, um, <laughs> because very often they're not people orientated from the point of view of coaching and developing people okay so if you're the branch manager your success will come through others yes so you've got to be responsible for setting aside time to coach develop and right. train those people yeah. if right. you're not prepared to do that if you're the sort of the really good lister and you love going out meeting yeah, the people yeah, and yeah, bringing yeah. the business in but you don't want to spend the time and it could be quite a bit of time if you've got a new yeah. team and things yeah, like that yeah. and, and it never stops it's, yeah so you've got to set aside that what time motivates valuers who are damn good valuers to go and be batch managers? Is it, is it the money, the kudos? It's It can be a combination. It depends on the people, but it, it quite often, and I've had people come in and I've interviewed them, and it's they want the status, they want the flashy car, yeah. Yeah. you know, that type of thing. Um, you've got to, if you want that job, you've got to basically be about people, yeah, about sure. developing people in your teams. Is it, I guess it's like teachers and nurses, you get 
like the best in their school or hospital, mm -hmm. so they get promoted yeah. and they become managers of nurses and teachers and they, yeah. they miss the stuff they love doing yeah. and yeah. they're not quite sure where to go yeah. with the new role. Yeah. It's the Peter principle, isn't it? I've seen it many times. You almost, you, you get, you're progressing your job to as good as you can get. Yeah. 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 So, so what advice would you give to both bosses and valuers who are, you know, th thinking, well, I'm a bit out of my depth or, well, from both points of views. Yeah. Because I mean, you've been there and done that. Yeah. I think if, if you're the valuer and you want to go, you want to progress, sit down with your manager, sit down with other managers, talk to them, ask them what the job is actually like. So you've got a clear understanding of what yeah. it's all about and so that you know what you're letting yourself in for and actually whether you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, there's sure. no point in doing a job you don't enjoy. Um, and you're not going to put your all yeah, into it, are you? You'll be a bad role. branch actually, manager. You're, not, you're just not going to enjoy it and you'll end up wanting to leave. And yeah. then actually that wouldn't have been the best for everybody. Yeah, As sure. a boss, you've got to make sure that when through your recruiting processes that you're, whether that's internally, externally, yeah. that you're making sure you're, you're, what you're looking for is what you're then going to get yeah, and yeah, that yeah. person. So that, that's got to be quite robust. Have you ever had a situation where you've had it quite clearly a valuer that's gone to be a manager and not enjoying it. What, what what potential solutions do we have? You've got you've got a couple of solutions because if they're very good and they're still capable of doing that, it's having an honest conversation with them and actually finding out what parts of the jobs they're liking and mm. what parts of the job they're not, and actually getting them. And sometimes it is a it's a delicate thing to do because mm. a lot of people don't want to. There's a bit, you know, if they become a manager or and then they're not good at it, there's a status bit or a pride thing. Yeah, you look a prat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you do it right and actually if you've got the opportunity and they're good enough and you still want them in the business because there's still lots that they can offer, yeah. then why not? create some position for them yeah. where you can use the skills and then find your, your manager that could do all the office managing. Talking about things. other positions, if you've got um, a really kind of good valuer or kind of negotiator mm -hmm. or, or rock star if you prefer yeah. but they but they they're sort of divisive mm -hmm. you know how would you handle that what, what so kind of like they're, they're bringing the numbers in but they're pissing off all the stuff yeah 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 you, you've got you've got to deal with it um it's it's no good because you will end up losing the team around you otherwise mm. there's no point you you've got to deal with that you've got to have honest conversations with yeah. people as to it and you've got to sort out is it a behavior thing as in a learned behavior or yeah. is it a a true behavior it's in here and they're never going to change because you're never going to change what's in there yeah um it, john paul says that from Castledean. he said there's shalom john paul, Hi, john paul. <laughs> there is learned behaviors and there's there's cultures that his yeah. company operates around beliefs yeah. and values yeah and he said you can change or learn some but others yeah. you can't yeah well then shifting forward on to that then talking about learnt and behaviors that can change we've asked a lot of our guests about um, a kind of new generation of valuers and negotiators mm -hmm. in, in millennials. What do you think um, are kind of key, sort of, I guess, key things to, to employ millennials? Um, you've you've got to you've got to make sure that you've got the setup that suits them yeah. in the sense if you if you if your millennials are coming in yeah. and they're used to operating their life and any previous work on mobile phones yeah. or mobile yeah. and you're still with hot boxes and yeah. paper and that they're not they they won't know what to do no. they and and you'll get frustrated yeah. and you you have to also adapt. Um, making sure that you've got technology there yes. that is going to enable them to do their business because they will go otherwise. And they'll learn it quickly. They will. And they'll learn they it will. quickly. They will. Yeah, they'll pick it How up. do you motivate them? Yeah, how do you motivate them? Motivate them. You've got, 
very much you've got to be, I think Eat. motivating anybody. Speaking about except for It's not all about free food and free beer. It is It isn't Debbie, but a lot of people yeah. who've been been on the show and, and we've sort of asked them this question have said that it's not all about cash for millennials. No, it, it, they're very much it, it's very much about experiences or yeah. time. Yeah. Time I think people are realizing that time is so precious. Mm. And and therefore you've got to design any schemes for them by appealing to what they actually want. Yes. So what do you know, so if you've got commission schemes if motivating anybody, it's got to be something that motivates them. Yeah, Some, sure. Something yeah, that yeah. actually appeals to them. Um, so you've got to ask them. Yeah. Ask the staff and, and find what, what would, would suit Interesting them. Because your pot or whatever you're going to pay yes. is still going to be the same. The same but you might yeah. just pay it in a different yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, came up with something quite interesting is, is that she said that uh, when having a commission structure, she almost gave choice to the staff, mm. where some of it was money, some of it was days off, some of it was experiences. Mm. Well, that's, mm. I was just about to pick mm. up on there, the fact that, because I can't remember who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, but they said that millennials, as a, a generic stroke of the brush, have all resigned themselves to the fact that they might not ever get on the property ladder, mm. with mm. especially in the London area and south. Yeah. Um, so they're looking for other things, and they're happy to be rental generation mm. for as long as they live, and maybe inherit mum and dad's when they go. Mm. Um, but they they are motivated by, oh, I've got my money for my rent, yeah. but what else can I experience, yeah. Yeah, like the travelling or the yeah. you know the days it's, out? It's not necessarily it's those experiences. There's those days out, those spa days. Um, Whatever. What, innovative yeah. team building yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we as bosses in a state agency recognise the millennials and how to motivate them or we've just rubbish at it? Um, no, I don't think we do. I think we, we're a lot of people and I've fallen into the trap where often you think, oh, it, it was... I was motivated by that. They should be motivated by yeah, it. But yeah, that's not the yeah. case. So that's why you need to... Because, you know, you roll clock back 20, 25 mm. years ago when I were a lad. You know, <laughs> it was kind of a bit... 40, 40. I wasn't going to say it was going to be... Like... 25 years. Yeah. He's dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> One man struck. <laughs> She'll drop, yeah, 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 drop that in just for a minute. Of fun. This is what Chris does before we um, roll officially the roll the cameras for one of his very serious interviews. In a land before time, one man struggle. <laughs> one man struggle against the world, against purple bricks online and cheap fees. In a world with online agents, one high street agent came and won and took the world high fees. <laughs> Low withdrawal rates. This man, one man, one agent, one struggle against the world in a land before time, in a land before purple bricks, in a land before right move and zoopla. This man, one struggle. One man in a land before time, in a land before for support. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? That's what he does. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was I? So, well, Sorry, so go we back. Rudely interrupted. Well, uh, I can't remember. Where millennials and incentivising. Incentivising. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Roll the clock back 20 years and you were expected to get in there at 7, 7.30 in the morning and if you were still there at 8 o'clock, you were doing all right. Yeah. yeah. You can't expect these youngsters to do that anymore, can you? Well, we they, don't need to, though. We've, and we've said yeah. this, haven't we, Debbie? Mm, you know, yeah. Um, we've had other guests say this. Mm. We don't... 
we don't need to be in the office all the time. Mm. You don't. You don't. Mm. Because the world's changed, isn't well, you're it? You're rolling it off. Well, you've got one of these, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, this, what's this, Christopher? It's the best, remote, piece, it's the best the, piece of prop tech in the world. world and yeah. is also the remote, remote control, control for people's lives. That's correct. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so with this and paired mm. with a, a laptop, you know, there's no, there can, isn't any need. They can work from anywhere. So, you know, and actually... Should we have flexi time? Yeah, flexi time. I think time. so. Why not? Yeah. Because... We quite often our customers are like want to, to do mm. things in the time that suits yeah, them. Exactly. But so so often, and I was looking for a house myself recently. Yeah. Um. It's oh, we can't do that after that time. Can't do that after. Yeah. Time. yeah. I'm thinking. Well, but why you know not? what? So there should be more evening offer, yeah, opportunities. Evening, and some people so. prefer to work earlier in the day yeah, yeah. and go off and do something later. Some people like to work. You get your morning and afternoon type people. You do actually. But yeah. I don't see this. I, I like with shop work or bar work mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, when I was. When I was a youngster, 10, 10 or 15 years ago, no, when I used to work in, in a supermarket or a, or a shop when, when I was at university, really 20, that, you, just put yeah, uh, you know, you worked a split shift. You know, so you would, you know, you, you might go in in the afternoon and then you do some evening. Yeah. And actually, go to the pub in between. With, yeah. Certainly running our business, you know, you're contactable 24 hours mm. a day through Facebook or social media or email. Mm. You know, I mean, do you think that should be, a, you know, a strategy for some new agencies? I think it should be. I think it's about flexibility. I, I also, I mean, and into that, that I would mindset, I would also pull in sort of returning months. And things like that. I had. Well, there's, Steve there's, a, there's a real. Yeah. I have a real problem with well, this. There's a lot of people in the business that won't take yeah. in. Yeah. Um, women yeah, back yeah. in into the business, and my view is, if they're re if they're good at their job, and you've invested all this money in them, they will actually come in and work just as well and yeah, just yeah, as yeah, hard yeah. as. I think um, so, yeah. And actually, I we've got. Pe I had people as part time managers that work so many hours, so many days in the office. But the other days, they would answer their emails, answer their phones, yeah. and deal deal with issues. And they weren't actually getting paid those days oh, because really? they right. cared about the job. They, they were, were doing actually, it. They were doing it because they wanted that office to be successful. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, That's the end of Aster Pro Show. Should we find out what uh, what Steve says? Yeah, Steve, what you got to say for this this week? Steve says. Social media rocks. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's uh, so, um, yeah. yeah, good. He's, always got, he's, he's got an, a great, you know, back catalogue catalog of, of, of wisdom. Yeah. Um, so that's, end of, that's, the, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the end of our That's the end of our We might have had that one before. Um, that's the end of our spot. Have you got any more questions for Debbie? Uh, prop tech. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Um, distraction well, or a, uh, a a good thing in the business? Because I know we were talking before we started the show. And you're saying some managers of a, a certain generation, yeah. the technology is confusing. Yet Debbie was saying, if used in the right way and trained, maybe using millennials, mm -hmm. um, that it can actually you know increase efficiency, productivity, mm -hmm. uh, conversion rates, all kinds. Mm -hmm. of stuff. I mean, especially with like your fixed flow, that's mm -hmm. a great, I mean, we don't use it, we're not a state agents, but you know, I spoke to a lot of people who've used yeah. that and that seems like a, why wouldn't you have yeah, it? Yeah, and, 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 yeah. And things like Good Lord and, um, yeah. and Yomdal um, and- um, Repit. Repit. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few, yeah, isn't there? Like, there's quite a lot, but, but there, are, there, yeah. are a lot, there are a lot, but I think we've spoken, across, obviously over the last sort of couple of years, uh, <clears throat> to lots of different people across the industry, lots of different events. And there is a sort of stigma around prop tech that it's, Chris says that a lot of it's there to solve problems that don't exist. Yeah. And mm -hmm. others have said that, oh, we love all this stuff, but we just can't get anything to talk to each other. Mm. Um, I mean, what's your view? There, 
there is a lot of stuff out there and it is a it, you have to decide as an agent yeah. where is what what does your business going to look like mm -hmm. you know your strategy what what's your business and then find the technology that's going to help you achieve that in the future don't ignore it don't no. put your head in the sand because no. so many people are going prop tech oh it's, it's here today prop tech, tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. yeah yeah and, but it's and, not. and at no. the end of the day it's technology yeah um and it will evolve you um, saying that if you use correctly and mm -hmm. you choose the you right bit of kit you'll talk well, to your clients easier always, yeah when i when i looked at any technology i had three measures in the sense and it had to do at least one of those measures if mm. not two mm. um and it was was it going to improve efficiencies for the yeah. staff? Yeah. So remove, mm -hmm. you know, sort of processes that were really time consuming. Mm. Would it would it make improve any processes for our customers? And yeah. we forget customers in this, and so yeah, many yes. estate agents yeah. do. You know, it, it's all about us rather than actually what do the customers want? What do they actually expect, and mm. what are they going to mm. expect in the future? Or is it some technology that can bring extra income in? Yes. So two, those two for your, your staff, your customers, mm, could be yeah. all about efficiency. Yeah. So you might have to spend out a little bit and invest, yes. but you'll get the returns and the efficiency. Yeah. We can call it the Debbie Law. The Debbie yeah, the Debbie Law. But conversely, do you think that a lot of people hide behind it? Oh, well, I've got this bit of tech, so I don't need to do this. Uh, yes, there is. You still... We still can't get away from the fact, and you're never going to get away from the fact that we're in a people business. Mm -hmm. So technology is an enabler to to do your job, but you still the empathy, the personal skills, all of those sorts of things, the relationships yeah. can't be built through solely through that type of thing. And yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. the empathy bit is very hard to communicate oh, yeah. that. It's more of an information tool and mm. a um, central, you know, modes of communication in that way. <coughs> well, um, yeah, just to cut in, we were in um, Birmingham the other week and we spoke to the, the famous Troy Malcolm. Uh, the, actual, Chris, the actual famous Troy Malcolm. Yeah, Stephen Brown's masterclass. Yeah, um, um, speaking of, uh, why don't we have just a quick uh, chat with Chris and Troy. Troy, what makes the UK so different in estate agency terms compared to Australia? Listen, I think there's a lot of synergies and there's a lot of differences. The synergies are that our main focus as estate agents or real estate professionals in Australia is the fact that we deal with people. Our business is actually about people. It's not about the transaction of real estate. And if you substituted the vehicle of cars or shoes or any kind of retail out there, the whole thing about relationships and nurturing clients and creating raving fans is paramount to the success of every estate agent. Do you think UK is too transactional? Do you get the house sold and then forget about it? I think around the world, estate agents are too transactional. Absolutely. Um, so many and so often we hear about people purchasing a property, they go through the settlement period, they own the home, and then they never hear from another person. I mean, and the stats are only uh, 12 to 14% of people go back to their original agent. That, that's awful, isn't it? It's horrible, but at the same time, I think that creates a great opportunity for a session like today is to really understand what are the dynamics of people and how do we leverage those personal relationships and develop those client rapport relationships that we can really create a lifetime light length of clients and pipeline. Yeah, but let's be frank, if people are only moving on average 15 or 16 t um, years, it, that's an awful lot of work for not much reward in 15 years time. I see it as more of an opportunity. I don't think it's a lot of work to kind of keep in touch with someone on a monthly basis and visit them every six months. I think that's a great opportunity to not only build a personal brand, but also to become an attraction agent. 
okay, so so what should what should agents be doing in those every six months? Because you know in America they send birthday cards. If you did that in Britain, uh, they think you're crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't probably need to go to that extreme. I think an anniversary card on the purchase of the home for a past client for a vendor, but just catching up and letting them know what's been happening around the area. So many and so often people don't know. They get caught in their little bubble and they don't realise what are the transactions that are happening around them. What, so so what's selling? What, yeah, what absolutely. Selling? What properties what? are coming on the market? What's selling? What new opportunities there are? Whether it's a new land development or sale, what are the opportunities for them to really uh, create? value add in everything they do with their clients. I've seen some agents in Britain and America and Australia talk about the local property market, talk about the locality and why their location makes so much difference. Do, do you approve of those sort of things? Absolutely. I think like, location will always set an estate agent apart, but they need to fit the location they're working in. So they need to have the same attributes. And we talk a lot about being hyper-local knowledge experts. And that means being part of the community, giving back to the community, and really building that trust with the clients. Well, there's, there's a Luke Sinclair in Britain. He, he's, he's taken on a concept called the Digital Mayor concept, yes. where he's going around interviewing people in coffee shops, getting involved with the community. Um, what one thing would you say to UK estate agents that they could do differently in 2019 in this tough market to ensure that they, that 2019 and beyond is a successful year? Yeah, focus on what you can do online. Online is a huge opportunity for every single estate agent and you've got to think most of the brands out there, most of the individual agents, they may do one video every six months, but it's actually the consistency and the frequency that sets them apart. Think about this. If you're an estate agent and you want to be known by someone, you can't just do one thing and think that they're going to have that opportunity to think, you know what, Chris was the best agent, I'm going to call him up and have that conversation. There needs to be consistency and frequency. So my best recommendation would be, be consistent online. Be, have a presence and make sure you're delivering value add in everything you do. Don't think about the transaction, think about the relationship you're developing. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Cheers. But anyway, he was a nice guy, was he not? Well, what I was going to say was, is that as you saw in that interview, he, Troy agrees it's a people business. Absolutely. I'm and you, you spoke about sending, um, you know, some states in America or Australia will send birthday cards, yeah. which may be a bit too much for the... But Troy was saying, well, why, don't, why can't you just send an anniversary card at least once a year on the day they purchased or bought their house or sold the house just to reconnect with them? Because, I mean, I don't know what the stat was, only 14 or 15% of people actually go back to their original agent, which is... Either because they've done a bad job or they've just forgotten about them in the 10, very 12, well. 15 years. I think years. estate agents are very transactional. Yeah, yeah. let's get the job done, let's yeah. get the sold. But yeah. in reality, in America and especially Australia, you know, you almost employ an agent for life. Yeah, yeah. Troy said at that event, uh, Stephen Brown's conference, that he'd sold the same house three times. Yes. So every time mm. the same person come mm. back to him because... And he the knows about the history it, of yeah. it. And, <clears throat> and when, obviously, it's going to come back to the market and he's pitching for the new business, mm. if it's obviously the people who've... Yeah. Had bought it, had bought mm -hmm. it through him, so he's already gotten in. But obviously, mm -hmm. they know that he knows the history of that. Interesting, though, I posed the question that if people only move every fifteen years, that that's an awful long time to wait. But then he said, he said no. You've got to recommend people. Recommend people. In, yeah. yeah, he said the other way again, though, because he said people are only moving in fifteen years' time. That's your lever for your buyer to say, look, this house last came on the market fifteen years ago. If you don't buy it. People will love it so much they won't come back on the market for another mm -hmm. fifteen years. Mm -hmm. So actually, that gets the price to a point where you want to sell it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, online versus high street, Debbie. Thoughts. <laughs> Thoughts. Um, 
I the high street is not dead. It's it's not it's it's going to be there. In what format? It 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 will maybe look a little bit different. Sure. I think it'll be a lot less. Oh, it's dead. Russell Russell no. closed email. Um, I know. think it's it's still going to be there in some format. Exactly what it all looks like going forward. You know, I think it'll evolve. I think there'll be version two. Mm-hmm. In a sense, we've had sort of. You know, yeah, version one. Even the shopping outlets all yeah, yeah. evolve. You've got, and... you've got version two. But I think what the high street can learn from online is how they have used some technology in some areas of, yeah. the, of the business, onboarding their customers, communicating with their customers yeah, in yeah. terms of information about, you know, yeah, sort of how yeah, the sales going, yeah, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, that type of thing. But the booking of a viewing, booking of a valuation, yeah. all of that can be done at a customer's convenience. Well, yeah. that's what you went and, back to before, And actually, yeah. as a high street, it's all about when we're open, yeah. when we can do it. Yeah. It should be turned around about when the customer yeah. wants it. Well, we had that with uh, Matt Barrison of Allison came down, was on the show, and he um, did some stuff with mobiles and tech mm-hmm. from the back of a, a boat in Catalonia. Um, and then you've got, we had Nick Neal in from U-Move. Uh, cheers for the mugs, Nick. Um, <laughs> so we had Nick Neal in from U-Move. And they've, they are um, part of Martin Co., mm-hmm. uh, aren't they? Property franchise, yeah, property yeah. franchise group. Um, but they, um, they're sort of up. Hybrid. There's lots of mm-hmm. versions of what a hybrid yeah. agent is. But they are online, but they don't have fee mm-hmm. until the end. Yeah. So they yeah. still so have. Still, like a no still, still affects yeah. you that way. So they've taken some of the good things about online. Mm-hmm. Um, and put them into practice. Yeah. Um, but obviously, then we, you know, you see the the things like with um with you know with with your move, um, not e-move, sorry, um, and and mm. and that kind of thing. Yeah, actually, I just don't it. think that's a good business model. Like, if you gave me nine hundred pounds to do some work, yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, thanks. No put it in my account, get some money and the interest, and then you say, well, have you done that work yet? Oh no, 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 no it's, to deferred, that. no, it's deferred payment. Deferred you're liable for the cost, but they don't. You don't pay it up front. We well, do for online. Some do. Some don't. Some do. Most don't. Most don't. Most. Purple bricks. Mm. You, yeah. you are entering into a, an agreement. Yeah. To, to oh, so no cash leaves your account. No, but you're entering into an agreement. You will pay them in ten months' time. That's what I believe is the case. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This is yeah. the part of the show I look silly because I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you can't. I think you can still pay up front or do the deferred. You've yes, got choices, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. Okay, Speaking of, should mm-hmm. we have a bit more of your chat from Russell, correct? Just a little one, yeah. I mean, by the time this show comes out, there'll all be out 11 questions I asked him. And to be honest just with you... Go, just before we start that, so the, the mum at the school gates that we spoke about a few weeks ago that lost 900 quid, how did she lose 900 quid with e-move going bust? Okay. She still has to pay them... After they go bust. Some models, you physically paid it up front. Right. Some, you become liable up front, but you don't have to pay it. Oh, okay, so there are. Right, okay. Um, so all of those, uh, all of um, the Russell Quirk uh, interviews are on your YouTube channel. On my YouTube channel. And um, no, some quite enlightening, quite, quite enlightening questions. Well, you said a lot of people were not angry with him, but like, oh, yeah, let's see what he's got to say for himself. And actually, once they've now seen him, yeah. Like bear all and, and be quite honest about stuff. They're like, oh, actually, he's... I, I was too. I was really surprised is the love that his former employees gave to him. Yeah. Really, yeah. Should we have a bit yeah. of uh, a bit more of that interview? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What would you say to all the staff of EMOVE that have just lost their jobs just before Christmas? <laughs> Well, the same that applies to the shareholders, the customers, and the creditors. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, of course I am. Um, 
you know, the, the, the biggest regret in all of this is the, is the human cost, of course. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm regretful and, and apologetic. I mean, and, and actually, look, the customers what, are coming... Genuinely or just caught yeah, no, no, of course, no, of course, no, genuinely, genuinely. Uh, and and the, the, the customers were caught in the middle of this. They obviously didn't know what was coming. The staff did. I mean, I, I stood up in front of the staff every week for the last four or five weeks to tell them very, very clearly what was happening, how we were trying to sell the business, how many participants we had lined up, uh, and what was happening. And because that was done very much in public, wasn't it? It was almost you. Well, didn't do it in public, but of course stuff gets leaked. It does. So when you wash out your dirty washing. Yeah, but we, we had 140 staff, and a lot of them would kind of dial in because they were remote LPAs, and of course people were leaking stuff to Rosalind Shaw and Graham uh, Norwood left, right, centre. Look, that's fine. I knew that that was a, a risk, but the the alternative was just to keep quiet, and not tell the staff what was going on. So I, I took the opposite approach, which was to be very open and honest with them and, and, and to face them. I didn't say, you know, I didn't do a David Cameron and sort of do my bit and then turn around and walk off. I stood there for as long as necessary and answered every single question from every member of staff. And also when the question was asked at the end of October, beginning of November, bearing in mind the last payday was October the 31st, you know, first week of November, second week of November, third week of November, fourth week of November, when I was asked the question, will we be paid? I had to say, I don't know and I can't guarantee that you will be. And if there's a consequence, you feel that you should go out and start looking for an alternative position, then you must do that. I was very clear, mm -hmm. very, very clear. Um, now, you know, my... Did you lose? Uh, I lost. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I lost. Uh, I, didn't, I haven't been paid since the staff have been paid. So I've lost salary. I've lost, I guess, from an employment contract point of view, notice, redundancy and so on. So uh, I've, I've lost in that respect. But what, what I've lost predominantly is what I set out to achieve, which was an exit for my family. So I, I now don't have that exit. So I've never taken money off the table from move. I've never sold a share. I've never taken you know, a loan or a lump of cash. I've taken a salary eventually, not year two, year one or year two, but eventually mm -hmm. you know, a small salary year three, four, slightly bigger in year five, six and so on. Um, but I mean, I've lost, I mean, immeasurably, but, but Lots of people have lost here. Creditors have lost. Uh, the you know, customers have lost, of course, because some of them have paid up front, and then obviously we, we've not been able to fulfil the service. And of course, staff have lost. But the, the, the one thing I would say, you know, despite my genuine regret and my remorse in that regard, is that kind of still brings a bit of a lump. Um, is when you stand up in front of your staff and you say that you might not get paid, and they still come in the next day, and the next day, and the next day. That's incredible. Have you had any contact with members of staff since it all went belly up? Yeah, loads, loads of loads. So many of them have got other jobs, thankfully. Um, and most of them I've been in touch with one way or the other, either to help them with uh, you know, stuff related to the administration or the administrator, uh, or you know, just to kind of, I don't know, give, for what it's worth, a, a bit of advice and a bit of a kind of helping hand. So yeah, yeah of course. Um, so no, the, the, the whole thing was, you know, a... a a disaster and a complex disaster, of course, um, and, and very regretful. But if anyone thinks that much could have been done apart from changing decisions from six months, twelve months, yeah. two years ago, you know, you know, am I regretful? Yes, completely, and apologetic, sincerely. And am I ashamed? I guess is my question. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not ashamed of what I tried to build, how I tried to help change the industry and make it better, how I employed hundreds of people. 
uh, you know, how I tried to get, did get shareholders on board with a, a, a view, of course, originally to them sharing in the spoils and mm -hmm. the, 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 the benefit of the journey. Um, you know, did we achieve things? Yeah, we absolutely did. Um, so I'm, I'm not ashamed of what's happened. Uh, and, and look, we, we have to accept that, particularly when it comes to startup businesses, growth businesses, let alone all the businesses that we've seen failing in the high street, left, right, and centre, HMV, Maplin, Toys R Us, House of Fraser, uh, Small Bone Kitchens, and so on. Look, failure is a part of life. Because, to be honest with you, everyone seems to be shooting at you. Oh, you know, property industry, your name's up yeah, there. Yeah, because I've, I've, they, they, they... don't seem to be shooting the, the guy from HMV and things like well, that. Well, the CEO of HMV resigned six months before the business went into administration, so I didn't do that. I could have done that. I, I had a very, very well-known consultant that you would know telling me three months before the administration just jump jump out just get out just leave it i wouldn't do that you know so i, I stayed there till literally the last minute of that business um and fought you know daily in the last uh, you know days and weeks to try and secure a deal with one of the many buyers we were talking to so and, and i was determined that i would try and do that and the deal we were trying to do was that Whoever came in and bought the business, and this was right at the last minute. So, you know, originally. Don't mention names, but was it pretty? Was it was it fifty fifty? So, so there were about twelve people interested in buying the business. So businesses and individuals, some of whom you would definitely know, um, but all of them in the end decided that. I mean, some of them, of course, for whatever reason, they they didn't want to pursue that. But most of them that decided not to progress the sale pre-administration decided to do so because they didn't want to be on the hook for the salary for November, which was about £430,000. And they also then didn't want to be on the hook because everybody was on a minimum of a month's notice. They'd have to then pay the salaries for December. So even if they decided in their own wisdom to get rid of everybody, they would have been on the hook for a million quid. Um, so as a consequence, the individuals that were involved all decided to wait. Most of those individuals have now bid for the business in one form or another in administration, and the business has now been sold. But I can't tell you who to. Thank you very much. There it goes. There you go. Fantastic. We must be at the end of the show now. We are. Debbie, are. thanks a million for yeah, making the you. journey from Brazil to come and see us. Uh, it's been great having you on. Yeah, and, it's been great um, being here. Obviously, if there's anyone um, keen to come on the show, um, yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to have you. Uh, and uh, we've well, you got any questions for Debbie questions as well? Debbie, like... Messages um, on the Facebook. Yeah. And we can put them to her, or you can. Um... Debbie's been a freelancer, going out there helping estate agents with prop tech and implementation Fantastic. and training. So. Um... Yeah. Great. Well, if mm -hmm. you need, so if you want to uh, get so hold of uh, get hold of Debbie yeah, yeah. on LinkedIn, um, you can find her here. No expense spared. No special. Well, you can just type the name into LinkedIn. Yeah, but I've just given them the. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. I've given Dirt them the. Air, but, but. Look, I've done it now. <laughs> we can't click this link on, though. Look. Right. Let's okay. go Should we go to the pub? Yeah. <laughs> thanks a minute. Debbie, thanks a minute. Thank uh, so uh, that's it for the show. So thanks for watching and Shalom!